Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Text Lab. My name is Jake. I am here with the one and the only, the David Crawl. How you doing, David? Dude, I'm doing good, man. Yeah. It feels like summertime out there. It finally sun does. Sun is shining. This is your love language. This is my love is language. Sunshine, it, paddleboarding, I love summer. swimming. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. I, it's a good time. How was? How are you doing, man? How was? Yeah. You had a, a fun a week great. last week. Great question. Uh, yeah, so last week we uh, went to Hume Lake. Mm. Uh, we... <laughs> you went to Hume Lake. And I survived. I'm you back. survived. I'm back home. Um, if we have had any face-to-face conversations since then, for anyone who's listening, I probably uh, vented to you about mm. Hume Lake. Now, I would like to preface to say that God is amazing. He yes. does great things at Hume Amen. Lake. Love Hume. Awesome spot. Yeah. I am not going back. Dude. We all have different type of gaps, Jake. We all have different gaps. And for some, that yeah, might just yeah. be called Hume Lake. And in Romans, we're going to be talking about suffering and how God mm-hmm. is so faithful. And you know what? Hume, Hume is uh, really that place that God is encouraging hey, me in. God, how was your week? God I heard uses it was, all things for the good of those yeah, who love him, right? I heard it was quite better Dude, than it was, mine. it was not Hume Lake, man. We were on vacation. We were in Florida. Mm-hmm. I was paddleboarding. And it was a great... It was actually really restful really good sabbatical yeah, time and that's Sabbath so awesome rest. That's wasn't so a sabbatical, but it's Sabbath rest. And um, yeah, yeah, I wasn't Hume Lake, man. Happy for so, you. <laughs> thanks for yeah. rejoicing in that with Yeah, me. yeah. Who are you paddleboarding with? You know, Jesus and some dolphins and my family, which is <laughs> super fun. So yes, we had a great week. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back though. Yeah, that's so fun. Okay, well, if you are new here, this is the Text Lab. And every single week, we're going to be doing a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for your life group this week. And our goal is really simple, is to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So whether you're leading a life group or you're just trying to do some deep diving on your own, our hope is that the Text Lab would help you have a meaningful study, reflection, and conversation about what God has said in his word. I'm really excited about the text today. I've reread this text many, many times in my walk with Christ because it is so comforting and so core to understanding how Christ thinks of me and how um, I think of, of Christ. And so, David, you want to take us through Romans 8, 31 to 38? Or Absolutely. 39, actually. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jake, there are so many, uh, like you said, nuggets and just really rich themes that are in these nine verses. What jumps out to you as we start to kind of dive in and unpack this text? Dude, immediately that first verse there, um, what then shall we say? Mm. If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. Um, took me back to Hume immediately. Just They were singing this song there, actually, that was great. Um, Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Mm. I think it might be a hymn. It's It very much felt like a hymn, but yeah. they, they redid it a little bit. But um, the song was beautiful because it reminded me that like, 
oh shoot, I am so quick to yeah. uh, give credit to myself, so quick mm. to um, look at myself and say, I have enough power, I have enough like talent to get through this, I have enough to to do this, to accomplish this without looking to God for that space, for that talent, and for the things that He will do uh, to empower me, and giving Him that credit when things do work out. The yeah. song really convicted me, and it looks like it's going to be a theme in my spiritual development because it keeps coming up. And so yeah. God's humbling me in that with the verse 31. Of, dude, if God is for us, yep. no one can be against yeah. us. Yeah, dude. And that's so good because I think that hits on both like a spiritual and physical reality in our mm-hmm. lives of like he's writing that to encourage them that truly if God is for them, they are justified. They're secure in their salvation before him. This is kind of Paul's like last part of his um the part, his last conclusion of his, the part of his letter where he's just like strengthening and encouraging and helping them make sure they feel secure in their yeah. identity and their security and salvation in Christ. And so he's really trying to reassure them in this section about who they are in Jesus and about their security of their salvation and God's love for them. And so he's talking about that from on a spiritual level of like, if, if God is for you, who could be against you? But he's also writing that really to encourage them about some of the sufferings that they are facing in their context um, that might've come from like religious opposition or also just kind of the chaos of the first century political world and a lot of persecution that would happen towards these early Christian sects at the time of like emerging Christian communities. They, that he is encouraging them that, Hey, if God's for you, who can be against you? Skipping on a little bit to verse 36, he quotes Psalm 44 there, where he's really talking about Israel walking in faithfulness to God, even in the midst of persecution. And so he's, he's really just talking, Hey, if God's for you, who can be against you? No one can be against you. And I like how that ties into verse 32 there of the reason that you can have that confidence is God gave up his son for you. How will he not also give us all things? Like if God gave us Christ, he gave everything that he had and the greatest gift that he could give for our salvation. He is also then giving us everything that we need in Christ, um, that we have an inheritance that we receive in Christ. These, this, this spiritual riches and riches of the kingdom of God that mm-hmm. are in Jesus, that, that we have all truly that we need yeah. in Christ. Dude, I love that because what you just, what you talked about briefly there was the Con- contextual clues of what Paul is doing. Like we've watched Romans build. Mm. And I love that you're saying that uh, about the truth here that he's laying out for these, for these Jewish and Gentile believers in the church of Rome, because really what he's doing, he's, he's wrapping up his foundational argument. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. wrapping up the foundation. So then we can build the house on top of yeah. that in Romans 12 with what mm. it looks like mm-hmm. the fruits of what it looks like to be mm-hmm. a, a Christian believer there uh, and to be able to expand off of this. Yes. And so I really love that you're saying that stuff because if we don't grasp this, we can go no further really mm. in our walk with Christ and in understanding a little bit uh, more there. And so I love what you're saying in verse 32 about how this is his power. And it reminds me of earlier in Romans when he's talking about, no, the very same spirit mm. who rose Christ from the grave is yep. now dwells within you. Yep. Yep. He dwells within you. And yep. so that's the core of if God's for us, who can be against yeah. us? It's not just that he's for us, he's within yes. us. Yes. And how powerful is mm. that going into any trial that we have, how powerful is that sitting in life group? Maybe you're nervous about leading because you're a new life group leader. Yeah. I know I have been before. Mm-hmm. We read this and I'm like fired up dude, yeah. because it's not even about me. Yeah. It's about the spirit living within me. Yep. And yep. he has something for each person in that group. Mm. And he's going to use you in a way that um, speaks to those people yeah. in, that, in that space. And yeah. that just fires me up, dude. I get totally, amped. Dude, which is so good because like, so like, 
these ideas from Paul of like really two main ways he talks about Christ is Christ in us and Christ covering us mm. in this section in Romans. And yeah. you just quoted Romans eight fourteen where it's like the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. That the outcome now of your salvation is this reality of the spirit that has the power to raise Christ from the dead. Certainly then he is giving power to you in your life to now live and walk with him. And that's this now incredible benefit and result of Christ being in you that now changes everything as you live and walk by the spirit that he's been hitting over and over again in this section of Romans. And then even in 33, where it's like, yeah, Christ is in you, but Christ also covers you. Who can bring any charge against God's elect? Like you were literally wrapped up in this blanket of Christ. There's this, there's this invisibility cloak called Christ that you wear around you. Yeah, exactly. All of the time called Christ. And like when, when God looks at us, he doesn't see us he doesn't see our sin he doesn't see our brokenness he sees what christ has done for us and he get and and he hits that in verse 34 who is to condemn christ jesus the one who died who was raised is interceding for us and paul kind of paints this picture kind of even of a courtroom scene yeah Imagine like a lawyer and there's the guilty, convicted person who's committed the crime sitting there, but the lawyer is interceding to the judge and is trying to make this argument. And what Christ does is he's not even just making an argument to kind of let us off the hook or right. lower the damage. Right. He's, he's actually, not just like a good lawyer. He's not a good lawyer. Right. He actually has stood up and has paid the price and now has said, hey, I'm going to take the punishment. I took the punishment right. so that you can walk free. And now he stands before the judge who is the rightful judge, rightfully judging us for our sin and saying, nope, look at me. Look at what I have done. I am now going to make this argument on your behalf. Nothing that you have done, but everything through what I have done. And there's an incredible comfort in that that lends ourse- lends itself to the victory that we have in Jesus. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Because the victory is in Christ and what he has done, not right. in our ability right. to be perfect or to be good or to overcome our sin. That's the victory. It's it's not even the victory that like, hey, I beat my sin. Right. The victory isn't right. even in like, hey, I made it I to overcame. some like yeah. spiritual level 2.0 in my life. The yeah. victory is like, no, like, man, you might still be struggling. You might still be feeling weak. You might, it, you might be up and down, but there still is a security. There still is a victory because of what Christ has done on the cross, yeah. not because of what I have done. And that's just a complete... Yeah. Game changer. Yeah. Well, and nothing looks like that mm. in our world. Like yeah. nothing in America looks like, um, yeah, you're good just because of what you like, who yeah. you are, your innate yeah. value. Yes. Like yes. it is all like maybe there's participation trophies now for <laughs> soccer and all that stuff, but that we won't get into there. But like <laughs> um, mo- for the most part, like your value is stuck in. Do you have the boat? Yeah. Uh, how are your kids doing in school? Are they yeah. all stars on the yeah. EDH literally mm. team? Mm. Um, it's caught up in what you can do and what yep. you can be, what you can, what you can do. Like yep. it's, it's yep. your, um, it's your own effort. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's why I think particularly for me, it's so hard to read this um, section mm. and grasp it like in a practical way yeah. and grasp it in a way that I can live my life in this way. And that's why I have to remind myself so yes. frequently because yes. it says something that I have grown up not being used to yeah. in any way yeah. possible. Yeah. And so this in many ways yeah. is so counter um, truth, mm. <laughs> like truth, quote unquote, mm-hmm. with uh, with what we've what we've grown up with and especially living in our towns, our yes. hills, Folsom, yep. all these surrounding yep. Surrounding areas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that's so important to understand and notice, even the ways that, like, in our own hearts and minds, that we think I have value based off of what I do. Right. right. 
because that's often the way we've been so trained to think is you get what you work hard for and your value is on how gifted or how successful or how much money you make. And like this is saying a complete different value system that you have value not because of what you have done or how good or bad you are, but totally and completely because of what Christ has done. And this is now this new identity that comes from Christ and there's a freedom there and there's a a new way of being and living in the kingdom of God of like, oh, my life has meaning and value and purpose and like identity fully because of who Christ is and because of Christ in me. And that that's unshakable looking at verse 35, that nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing right. can shake that identity. No tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. Paul's basically like laying out the worst possible things that could well, happen to all you. the things from the Old Testament that did separate yeah. you from God. Yes, yes. Like, really cool it's actually really cool that yep he's laying out some things from the old yep. testament there yep now have completely shifted because the veil is torn in half. yeah yep yep and now because of christ in 37 you are more than a conqueror right through christ who loved you so i think that's like a really important reflection question even just coming out of this text is like what does it mean to you that god's love is unwavering and cannot be separated by anything like yeah. what does that mean and then also like how does that change the way you live how does that change the way you live like if you really understand this truth of nothing can separate and nothing can change the love of Christ that is in you, that is for you and in you, like how does this truth impact your understanding of your relationship with God and just the way that you live your life? Like how does that really impact you and change you? So I think like unpacking that and unpacking the ways that we like don't live according to that, understanding kind of the differences there and how do you live more and more into that true identity in Christ can really start to change everything about the way that you understand your identity and that you live. I think that's so good. The question I would ask past that is the why behind, Mm. um, like the why behind there's nothing that can separate you from Christ. Why is it that you can never be separated from it? It's not because of what you've done. It's Mm. because of only what Christ has done. Mm. And like, Understanding the why behind the the what is so important for yeah. how we're going to practically live our lives. Yeah. And so asking this question in a good way for our groups this week is important because there's going to be people in our group, hopefully, that are yet to believe or who are spiritually yeah. curious and are um, learning as we go through Romans some of these uh, systematic theological yeah. um, arguments. Yep. Yep. And Paul hits election a little bit here just to get a little bit fun on this podcast. Like verse 33, he talks about like, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? He had just hit further up in Romans in really 28 and 29 about like those that God had predestined and chosen. And like, I love what Drew talked about last week that like the Bible talks about predestination and election pretty much everywhere uh, all over the scripture. But then also like the scripture talks about free will. All over the place. And at some time, at some point right here, the ball goes over the fence and you're a little bit like, I don't know exactly how yeah. that all plays itself out. Yeah. What's amazing is scripture is not overly concerned about exactly how it plays out. It really yeah. just kind of says both of these things are true. But the reason that that becomes a like big point is like, this isn't us holding on tightly to Christ mm. on, really on to the extent of our own ability. This is Christ holding on to us. Yeah. Like, even in my wandering, he's pursuing me. Even in my failing, he's holding on to me. Even in my struggle, like, he's holding firm 
And it has so much more to do with his pursuit of me and me responding to that, not my own ability. Dude, we were playing uh, Kajabi last week at yeah. Hume, and I I had taken the next day to just like go pray, and and a lot of my prayer time has been good with God because it's been like, okay, God, what do you have to say for me? Just open handed, whatever. Mm. And he brought up Kajabi again, yeah. which is just funny, like yeah. kind of weird. Anyways, Kajabi is this game where you like hold on to ropes, and there's like six people in a circle. You hold on to it, and they're holding on to ropes, and then you try and drag the other people into a trash can in the mm. middle of the circle, right? And so I got to play and i was terrible at it but it's all right but you're clinging on to so hard to these ropes and yeah. as you're talking about this stuff this is exactly mm. what god was talking to me about as well in that prayer time of like you think that your spiritual walk with me is like kajabi man like mm. you need to hold on you need to not get thrown yeah. into a trash can yeah. and it's like dude i'm holding on to you i've yeah. got you come on you're in the you're in my hand yep like i yep. have chosen you and that's that like election piece that yeah. can be weird but it's like the other side of it is no like david you are chosen yeah like hannah you are chosen jake yeah. you are like before the creation of time mm. chosen and, um, man, there's freedom and, yeah. and, and a lot of joy in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think a great reflection question on that is just what are the implications of that? That nothing in all of creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I think this goes all the way back to Romans 3 where Paul says it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not the guilt and shame that leads us to repentance. It's the fact that he is pursuing you, loving you, holding on to you that that really woos your heart and softens your heart to respond and then to come near to him because of that love that is poured out on you from Christ for you. That, that changes everything, I think, about the way that we understand God's love and then respond to it. Yeah, that's so good. Any practical places, Jake, that this just yeah. hits you this week? Like in the Monday through Saturday grind, like how does this, how does this hit you? Yeah, for me, this text says a lot about more about God's faithfulness and his kindness, as you were just talking about, yeah. more than about my ability. And I think sometimes when I am struggling in my walk with Christ or I'm facing something, um, I tend to turn the other way and say, mm. I'm going to make a bunch of goals yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to totally fix did. it. And I'm going to say, totally. if I do this and this and this and this, then I'll be good. Yeah. Then I'll be good enough. Yeah. But this text brings me back to being anchored and just saying like, I'm already loved like to the maximum yeah. amount yeah. in Christ. Yeah. There's no more love that I can earn from God. I'm good. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Um, and living in that truth. And then like, yeah, goals aren't evil, you know, like yeah. there is a sanctification process that's happening, but this is the foundation spot that Paul really wants to drill mm. into us as Christians. It's like, this is the reality that you live in. There's a positional mm. change in who you are as a man, and as a woman, as a daughter, as mm. a son. Mm. Dude, that's so good. That's so good. I think for me, like it's similar, like, like when you recognize the depth of God's love for you, you recognize that you don't need anything else you recognize that like truly everything else that you've been pursuing and chasing has been a counterfeit joy and you recognize like no this is everything that i need is like the love of christ that is secure that is never fading away that is never going away that nothing in all of creation can separate me from christ's love that like christ is standing before me and the father as an advocate on my behalf like that's like a deep breath. Yeah. That's like a security to live out of that type of security. Like just chases away fear. It chases away anxiety and like really embracing that reality of like, no, I'm not good. I can't do it on my own. Can I go 2007 on us? There's like a yeah, shame I mean, and shame. David, I was seven years old. Yeah, bro. I was, I don't even know how old I was. Yeah, bro, I was, I was 18. So in 2007, <laughs> there's the Shane and Shane, Shane and Shane song yeah. that talks about like embracing accusations. They talk about the father of lies is telling the truth. 
because he's basically like Satan's accusing you and telling you that you can't do it. And that's a true statement. Like mm. he, the, the father of lies is, is saying the truth that like, you can't do it on your own, that you can't um, earn God's love, that the penalty of sin is death and death truly is mine. But like he redeemed us from the curse, but Christ paid for that. And it says in there that like Satan, he's forgotten the refrain that Jesus saves and that like Christ's love is fully enough for us and that we're secure in what Christ has done. So like embracing your desperate dependence, embracing your inability and your weakness and your brokenness, and you find then a security that's in Christ and in Christ alone. So good. And that looks different to mm. people who don't know Jesus. Yeah. There's yeah. like, there's a difference that you see when people are living in a desperate dependent spot. Mm. Um, when your life is kind of hitting the fan, when yeah. things are hitting the fan and you're yeah. still reliant and yes. still not um, pursuing things that aren't of him. Like yeah. people see that. And so yep. just to encourage with life group, like don't, don't think that like you staying humble and you staying anchored to Christ, even in the midst of things, isn't purposeless. Yeah. Like God is using that. Yes. And like people are seeing that whether yeah. you recognize it or not, people are seeing it. Yeah. Um, so stay faithful and hang in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's, that is like coming out from this for me, a lot of like, God uses everything because that's who he is, is he's redeemer and rescuer and, mm. and savior. And so hang in there. And this is why life groups are so important because people are in your groups who are going through that stuff mm. uh, and need that, need that security there. Yep. So as we wrap up, we just want to give a big thank you to Hannah and Zach for what they do behind the scenes. Um, man, you guys basically do the podcast. We, we're just monkeys over here. Um, anyways, whether you're working out at the gym, you're cleaning the house or mowing the lawn, driving in the car, whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your life group this week. As always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you know that you are one who's sent by God this week to your family, school, work, your coffee shop, the gym, soccer practice, wherever your Pray Watch community is, and wherever God invites you to go and be the living proof of our loving God. We love you all, and we'll catch you next time on the Text Lab.